Hey y'all, it's your girl Lanita Harris here and today we're going to be talking about a lot. Does unforgiveness really hinder your prayers? Is the tithe necessary and more child? Let's get into it. It's never too late for you to embrace who you are. It's never too late to embrace who you were designed to so guys, in talking about forgiveness today, let's just first say that sometimes forgiveness is really easy. And sometimes, depending on how deeply you've been hurt, it's really hard and takes a while to fully forgive someone in your soul. Now, we've all heard the scriptures that mention how we should forgive others and that if we don't, God won't be able to forgive us for our wrongdoing, right? I certainly heard this growing up and used to believe it strongly until I realized one day that I was still receiving grace mercy, guidance, and love from God, even when I may have had a hard time being forgiving toward a person. Then I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Lord. Mm-hmm. See, I also used to heavily believe that tithing kept bad financial situations at bay as well until I had no church to give a tithe to because I had no specific church that I was a member of. And then I realized blessings were still coming my way. Honey, money was still coming. I said, well, Lord, I thought it was the tithe that caused you to rebuke the devourer for my sake and caused me to keep being blessed like the scripture has said in Malachi chapter 3 verse 11. I'm as threw off down here, God. Listen, I need you to explain. <laughs> so from my own experiences, what I have found is that a giving heart will keep the door open. Even if it's not exactly one tenth of whatever you receive given to a specific place or to a specific thing. Honey, Luke chapter 6, 38, that thing, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. See, the Old Testament mentioned the tithe because during that time, the tribe of Levi, better known as the Levites, were the priesthood of that day. Their whole job, the Levites' whole job, was to take care of the rest of everyone spiritually. There was 12 tribes, y'all, if you don't know, the 12 tribes of Jacob. Jacob's name was later changed to Israel, and that's how we got the 12 tribes of Israel. So that one tribe, the Levites, were in charge of taking care of all of the other 11 and themselves spiritually. That's a lot, right? So to my knowledge, the Levites had no outside entrepreneurial or marketplace endeavors for another source of income. So the other tribes giving them a tenth of their respective increase in return for spiritual absolve and cleansing was to be enough for the Levites to live off of. What's interesting is that the New Testament actually doesn't mention anything about a tithe. It only says more than once, might I add, to give freely, mindfully, and with a cheerful heart in whatever it is that you give. So I give freely to whomever and whatever organization when I feel an urge internally, and it has been and will continue to be well with me and well enough, okay? So if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, man, I don't have a church to go to. So this tithe, how am I supposed to tithe if I don't have a church to go to? Listen, you're okay. Just have a giving heart and give to people as you can. You will be all right. Okay? Because with the same measure that you give to others, it will be measured unto you again. Others will give to you. So you'll be all right. Okay? Now, if you are going somewhere continually, like you do have a church that you're going to and you're receiving teaching and wisdom and benefiting from that particular leader's hard work and efforts, 
on a continual basis. My opinion is that it's only right and fair to financially support that ministry however you can, even if it's not a tenth of your income, because you're actively reaping the benefits of that person's teaching when you're applying them in your life. But child, listen, wherever you are, planted or not, just search your heart and ask God how you can give to others in some way and just be a giver to the best of your ability not just with your money, but with your time, talents, and efforts, whatever you have, it will come back to you in many ways with the same measure or heart that you gave it in. Now of that, I am a strong witness. So back to forgiveness. I'll tell you what I know about forgiveness. It is powerful. It's a powerful release for you and a powerful bestow of grace upon someone else. See, when someone has wronged you, especially if whatever was done cut you deeply, holding on to that pain and all of that negative energy associated with those negative emotions that you feel toward the act or the person will only weigh you down in the long run. I wouldn't go as far as to say God won't hear your prayers or forgive you because that would have to make the nature of his love toward and for you conditional. And his love is not conditional. Our love as humans is conditional. So if God wouldn't forgive you just because you didn't forgive someone else, then you'd also not have access to his grace and his mercy, which you will most definitely need access to in order to completely forgive some people in your soul who have wronged you, right? I do understand that teaching people that an almighty God with the power to do anything, holding something against them, can scare a whole lot of people into doing right. And perhaps that's sometimes necessary because fear can help us just as much as it can hurt us. Uh huh. Now, somebody listening out there ought to just thank God right now for their adrenaline and that fight or flight response that ended up keeping them out of harm's way in that one situation that they faced. That adrenaline was a surge of fear. See, fear doesn't come from the devil, guys. It's just an emotion. It's not wise or sustainable to live in a constant state of fear with fear as your guide. But fear is not all bad. Just keep it in check or be balanced with it and you'll be fine. But back to what I was saying, though that teaching can be helpful in keeping people on the straight and narrow, it will be a strong and sometimes paralyzing hindrance to those who typically keep their heart in check and try to do right by themselves and others on a regular basis. Now, am I saying you have license to do anything if God's not going to hold it against you? Child, no, because be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do people dirty if you want to, child. That stuff will yet come back upon you with the same fervor or measure that you gave it to them. Now, that is a spiritual law that has been proven repeatedly for millennia. Uh-huh. But back to forgiveness. Forgiveness is important because it keeps your heart and energy clean and clear. It's really more for you than it is for the other person, though it will benefit the both of you. But carrying around all of that negative energy, like I said, in your mind and in your body will eventually catch up to you. Now, I think it's important to say here that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean you forget. Mm-mm. Because the memories of some things that affect you deeply tend to hang around for a minute because that's your subconscious mind's way of keeping you safe. So you can forgive and still remember. However, if you're holding whatever was done to you against the person or transgressor, then there's a bit more work for you to do in that area of your heart concerning that person. 
So be patient with yourself and extend grace to yourself in and through your process of forgiveness, just as God is being patient with you and extending grace to you through your process. Now, I'm not saying that you should put yourself in a position to be done the same way by that transgressor either. No, because some people just have terrible habits and until they can recognize that for themselves and do their own work to change them, they shouldn't be trusted with complete abandon. So make the best decision that you can given the evidence that you see concerning that person. See, trust is something that is so easy to lose, yet can be so hard to build or rebuild. But remember, people are always doing their best at the time, even if their level of best at the time is absolutely horrible. Hold them accountable to their actions or lack thereof in the best way you know how. Extend them grace in your heart and baby, move on. Now, if you are the person out there listening who has been wronged and you've chosen to forgive the person who has wronged you and stay actively connected to or involved with them, listen, do what you have to do inside yourself to settle yourself and allow that person to rebuild that trust because it's not fair to the other person who has asked for another chance to be constantly reminded of something they're working or have worked hard to fix. You chose to stay closely connected with them. So it's more your responsibility at that point to heal than it is theirs to give you a reason why you should trust them. Now, if they keep doing the same thing over and over, child, go back and listen to episode five of this season, holding on and letting go. (laughs) And to the person who has wronged someone and hurt them deeply, if you are asking for another chance or to be forgiven, then be understanding and do what you have to do inside yourself to be patient with and understanding of that person's process because you don't get to wrong them and decide how swiftly their heart should recover or rebound from your actions. Nah, that's not fair to them. Instead, the two of you must work together to rebuild whatever was damaged or altogether discard it and start anew if you both want to stay connected to each other, that is. Whichever you choose, though, God is with you both, willing and able to help. So use that help. Both of you get your frustrations out with God, because if you're both upset at the same time trying to communicate, that's going to go real bad real fast. Do I have a witness out there? Uh Uh-huh. Because neither of you is trying to listen to the other from a place of love. You're each trying to be heard and comforted in your own spaces of hurt. And hurt doesn't and cannot comfort. Hurt. Only love provides comfort for hurt. First Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight. Y'all, y'all know it because I talks about it. I'm telling you what works now. It's tough to discipline yourself to stay in them four verses sometimes, but it truly works when you do somehow, some way. I tell you, I've never seen it fail. So in conclusion, to wrap up this series, y'all, let's recap this thing. Remember in episode 10, I talked about being inside and outside of the house and how what I learned in church as a youth made it a bit hard to assimilate into adulthood? Listen, to all my parents out there that are listening who have kids or youth, teach your kids all you know about the outside of that house. And by that, I mean the world outside of a church setting. Not just the bad, y'all, but the good and the fun too. And if you don't know anything about it, then just teach them life principles and practical steps on how to navigate in rough or uncomfortable situations. That will have to suffice because they won't, listen to me, they won't absorb what they learn in church more than what they're learning from you at home. 
the principles, patterns, and behaviors that they learn in their home life is going to outweigh what they're taught in church and potentially be with them for a very, very long time, just like your stuff could still be with you. True, some of your kids may grow up to be church pastors in some capacity or whatever, but most of them probably won't. And they'll need to know how to navigate their surroundings with sound principles and tactics with a good, clean heart so that they can excel in whatever areas they need to excel in. Especially with the state of our society today, guys, and what they're having to learn about at such young, tender ages outside of your control. I would suggest you learn about it, settle stuff within yourself, and figure out how to navigate in it before or while your kid has to navigate in it so they won't feel alone or like you don't understand what they have to go through. Also, it is so beneficial to the health and vitality and overall closeness and depth of your relationship with your kids to grow with them, not apart from them as they age. Because once they become adults, baby, you'll either be coasting on what you did build with them or drowning because of what you didn't. No, I'm not a parent at present, but I am an adult child of parents and I have walked with many adult children of parents. Our perspectives are valid too, even if you as the parent don't agree. So I'm giving you the adult child perspective. Guys, don't let little stuff compile into big stuff that then becomes nearly impossible to come back from just because you didn't listen to your kids or your adult children when they were trying to talk to you and express their feelings. I promise you, they will only be unheard for so long before they stop trying to communicate altogether with you. And then it will be you, the parent, who feels shut out or shut down or like you don't matter. And it will feel terrible, just like they felt all the times they tried with you. Baby, you reap what you sow. To all of my parents out there that have difficult relationships with their adult children, I wish you guys well in your navigating. If I can help you in any way, I'd say to start listening to what your children have to say if they're still open to talking to you. Even if what they have to say is hard for you to hear, don't pull the parent card as an effort to shut them down by saying that what they're saying to you is disrespectful because then it will be you being disrespectful to them and baby, they are yet grown. Take responsibility for your actions or lack thereof, not theirs, because they have to take responsibility for their own. You take responsibility for yours and do your own internal work and do all that you can to cultivate a peaceful relationship where the two of you can compromise and work together and not against each other. Let's move on in this recap. Whatever you choose to do, things done in moderation are just fine because moderation suggests that discipline and restraint is instituted most of the time. Figure out the why behind your behavior and habits. Analyze whether that behavior or habit is helpful to you in this season of your life or more of a hindrance to whatever it is that you desire to accomplish. Now, guys, you have to really sit with yourself to figure that out and feel all the emotions that arise in you. Breathe through them and let them pass, and you'll be able to get to that answer. Ask God whatever question you want to know the answer to about yourself, and then ask him to reveal the things to your heart that are hidden. Keep your eyes and ears open looking for the answer as you go on about your way, and the answer will come. If you're in somebody's church leadership, whether paid or volunteer, and they have clearly defined how they prefer you to live your life as a representative of their organization, then be a person of integrity and honor that code to the best of your ability. 
So throughout this series, we've talked about common behaviors that are typically considered don'ts in certain circles. And these behaviors can be detrimental to you if left unchecked. Because as discussed in episode 11 of this season, the negative energy that these actions produce in your life will still kill and destroy parts of you and your relationships too. So you do well to learn balance for yourself in these areas so that you can govern yourself in a way that is most helpful and beneficial to you and those around you, known and unknown. In whatever you choose to do, guys, remember, there's no real reason to wild out. Just explore cautiously and tighten or relax some standards or boundaries as your situations change and you gain more experience, knowledge, and age or wisdom. Finally, as discussed in our last podcast, not yet are two very powerful words, and I wish they were used more often. No is a hard stop, but not yet signifies that whatever is desired shouldn't be done yet, but there is a time and a place where it can be done. And that's what this whole series has been about, that there is a time and a place for everything, and it's up to you to determine when something is appropriate and when it's not. Experience can inform that decision, yes, as well as observation. Introducing things too early can cause a set of issues. Finding out too late comes with its own set of issues as well. So hopefully you'll be able to find that sweet spot of smooth transition, whether it's in your own life or in the lives of those you've chosen to rear or mentor in some way. Guys, we'll never know for sure, for sure, when or if something is right for us until after we do the thing. So just use as much wisdom as you can beforehand and make a well-informed decision. Get out there and live, guys. Live. Live responsibly, respectfully, full of hope and optimism, and have some fun along the way. Because as far as we know, we only get one life to live here in this realm. And in this realm, life is what you make it. So make yours a great, well-rounded, and balanced one. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk About It, the great area. I know I threw a lot at y'all this episode, but I believe you can handle it and will be all the better for it. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. Same time, same place. You can start all over, over. Start all over. Start.